Today's episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network, still online, hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by the Hameen Media Group, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Great response from you infidels to episode one. If you haven't checked out the New Japan Cup preview, it's still available. Myself and RBV, Richard Bronson Vickery, joining me on that debut episode. You can preview the entire New Japan Cup. You can also now find us over at ndpw.com. Got on the line with my old friend Carlos last week. Got that deal worked out. Shout out to Carlos. TheGorillaPosition.com. Ryan K. Bowman and company over there where they tell the story of pro wrestling storytellers. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. And hopefully by the time this episode drops, we have a deal worked out with iHeartMedia. Hameen Media, sponsored by Vince Russo's The Brand, as well as The Brosters, the official coffee of Vince Russo. Been drinking a lot of coffee myself here the last couple of days. We're also brought to you by Stevie Richards Fitness and, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com, the only place to get your best merch from all your favorite independent wrestlers, as well as a lot of New Japan talent. On today's show, I'm joined by my favorite Canuck from Turnbuckle Talk, which drops Tuesdays on their platform, Wednesday on the HTM Podcast Network, Mr. Joe Morin. I've known Joe for a while now, and he's just jumping fully into the world of New Japan after following it more casually for a couple of years. Thought it'd be interesting to get his point of view on the long-awaited return of New Japan, the Together Project, and the first couple of nights of the New Japan Cup. Also got a bit of stardom news to talk about today, so let's go ahead and get into it. But first... My friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Crazy week from the world wondering stardom. This past Sunday, a tweet came across my desk from Rossi Ogawa. He is the founder, co-producer, general manager, booker at World Wonder Ring Stardom. Of course, they were bought late last year by Bushi Road, which is also the owner of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But Rossi is still the gentleman in charge. Talked a bit about a potential return for Stardom, and this is what he had to say. Stardom's antibody testing was done, and everyone, including me, was negative and no problem. This will bring us to competition on a sunny day. There will be an announcement in the near future. Check it out. I had this whole segment written for the show, assuming that the announcement, while eminent, wouldn't be until sometime next week. And then out of nowhere on Tuesday, Stardom announced that they will be returning this Sunday for an event they have entitled Stardom is Again. Tickets went on sale Wednesday morning in Japan, sold out in all of five minutes. I'm not sure how many tickets were made available, but still quite an achievement nonetheless. This show is going to be very much like New Japan's show from Monday, the Together Project show, in which all of the matches will be announced in the ring at the beginning of the show. There will be a Hanakamura Memorial show coming soon, but due to limited space at this venue, tributes will not be set up. I do expect an announcement Sunday at that event for that show. 
One of the biggest complaints that I hear about New Japan Pro Wrestling is their lack of a women's division. Of course, we're used to having all of our wrestling intermixed here in the States, and that's where Stardom's going to come into play here on Destino. I'm greatly looking forward to the return of Stardom. If you're interested in following along, you can sample some Stardom by visiting their YouTube channel. Weekly, there's a new a half-hour episode every week. It's entitled We Are Stardom. Unfortunately, the episode's not yet available in English, but you can still sample the product. Since we haven't had any new shows to talk about with Stardom right now, I thought I'd try to introduce you to some of the cast of characters over these next couple of weeks. So if you do want to jump in, you have some sort of base, you know, that you, you can actually start to build from. This week's episode was a feature on the Artist of Stardom Championship, their trios title. Your first matchup comes to us from 2017 and features Queen's Quest taking on Team Jungle, a now defunct faction inside of Stardom. This match includes a couple of names that you may be familiar with here in the West. Viper, who is now Piper Niven, signed with NXT UK, and current NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. EO currently holds the record as a six-time Artist of Stardom champion, amongst her other numerous accolades from her time in stardom. Your second match this week features the Tokyo Cyber Squad team of Hana Kimura, Jungle Kayona, and Konami taking on the Stars team of Mayo Iwatani, Saki Kashima, and Tam Nakano from May of 2019 at the Stardom Gold event. TCS would claim the titles at the event, go on to hold them for all of a month before the Stars team would eventually reclaim the titles. If you're interested in a more long-term commitment in Stardom, you can hit their website at stardom-world.com. At the top of the page, you can try Translate the entire site into English comes up to 920 yen a month, which is roughly $8.60 here in the States. The site features not only live shows, but also an archive that goes back to 2011. They seem to be averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to 10 shows a month for $8.60. How can you go wrong, right? The last two stardom shows were March 8th's No People's Gate and March 24th's Cinderella Tournament. Uh, the No People's Gate show, as well as the first round of the Cinderella Tournament, still available on YouTube free for your viewing enjoyment. If you're just starting to get into stardom, this is actually a great place to start. The Cinderella Tournament, very much like the New Japan Cup, uh, all except it's all presented in one night, single elimination tournament. Um, the winner receives a beautiful dress, as well as a shot at whatever title she would like. This year's winner was Julia, still a fairly newcomer to stardom, and the leader of their newest faction, Donna Del Mondo. Your current artist of stardom champions. Yeah, they, they, they're already holding those trios titles. It was anticipated that she would be facing off with Arisa Hoshiki for the White Belt, the Wonder of Stardom Championship, before Hoshiki's abrupt retirement on May 20th. It was very widely speculated that Julia was going to defeat Arisa for the championship, then go on to feud with the leader of the Tokyo Cyber Squad, Hina Kimura. Obviously, if you follow Joshi even remotely, you're aware that on May 23rd, Hannah passed away. The story has been rather well documented, including my immediate thoughts, which you can find on the last episode of AEW Saturday Night with Matthew Schaefer over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. It was right after AEW's Double or Nothing event. The white belt now vacated. I do expect Julia to stake claim to the championship once stardom returns on Sunday. The question is... Is she just going to be awarded the title, or is she actually going to have to defeat somebody in order to claim it as her own? And if so, who do they place opposite of her? That's just one of the major questions facing stardom as they prepare for their return. We will keep you updated as more information becomes available. 
Julia was born in London to Italian and Japanese parents, came into stardom in late 2019 from rival promotion Ice Ribbon. She began at Ice Ribbon in October 2017, didn't win a first singles match until September of 2018. Since she has arrived in stardom, however, it has been a rocket straight to the top. Joining the promotion in October of 2019, by January, she was already one of the pillars of the company. For the first time this year in January, stardom talent was presented inside the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom 14 alongside New Japan Pro Wrestling. Julia would be one of the four women selected to represent stardom inside of the Egg Dome. She, along with the aforementioned Hannah Kimura, defeated two of the pillars of stardom, former stardom champion and women of honor champion Mayu Iwatani, as well as Arisa Hoshiki. Since arriving in stardom, her and her faction, Donna Del Mundo, which was formed in January and already winning championships by February, Julia is pretty well poised to take over stardom in short order once we return here in 2020. So that's the stardom report. One more note before we toss it over to this week's Midwest Music Mafia segment. New Japan has announced that they are going to have four more shows to finish off the month of July. Dates are July 20th, 27th, and 31st inside of Corican Hall. And Saturday the 25th in Nagoya. It sounds like fans will be in attendance for these shows. More details on that as they become available as well. So let's go ahead. We'll toss it over to the break. This week's band comes to us from RBV's Neck of the Woods. This is a band that I had the pleasure of touring with back in 2010 when they were supporting their album All-American Death Cult. The name of the band is Ricketts. The name of the song is Sold Me Out, coming up right after this word from the Brosters. And then I'll be back with Big Joe to talk some live New Japan pro wrestling. Stick around. Bro, if you're a real coffee lover, then you've got to try Broaster's Limited Edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Available right now at www.thebroasters.com. This limited edition coffee is fresh roasted weekly and shipped directly to your door. You will love the Nicaraguan blend with roasted chocolatey notes when you smell it. Get your Vince Russo Bro Coffee today at thebroasters.com and follow them at Coffee Brosters today on Twitter. Enjoy the best coffee today, bro. From Brosters, Vince Russo Brand, and Hami Media. happens 
when you have two third shift guys sit down at you know two and three o'clock in the afternoon respectively to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're about to find out as I'm joined uh, by Mighty Joe Warren. Joe, New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. Uh, I, I know that you were excited, almost as excited as I was. What do you think? Now that it's back, we've gotten to see the presentation. We've gotten to see the empty arena shows. What do you think of the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Dude, it's fantastic. Uh, it's been great to come back to watching wrestling because I've literally gone from watching people throw beakers of fake piss at each other to actually watching people wrestle and beating the piss out of each other instead of throwing it at each other. So it, it's been fantastic in, uh, in a few set number of words. Yeah, it's weird because I don't even feel like I miss the crowd. Like I, I know that sounds awful, but it's just – the way that they shoot things, the way the Japanese crowd is traditionally, where they're more they're more laid back and they're just watching the show. Yeah, I, I don't even feel like I necessarily miss the crowd being there. Yep, like I said, even with the the commentary, they're they're very active, and it just it uh, kind of sucks you into the moment, and yeah, you don't even realize that there aren't people there watching it. Yeah, I, I've been watching the Japanese commentary. I know at first you were like, "There's not, there's not English commentary." Well, now we have English commentary from the Together Project show from night one of New Japan Cup. Kevin Kelly sounds like he just sat down on Skype and recorded freaking commentary for these shows. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Once you got into watching the shows, did the Japanese commentary bother you? I feel like it almost just adds ambiance to what's going on. Oh, no, it, it didn't bother me. I mean, it, it's uh, – I will say sometimes it kind of borders on kind of comedic sometimes because it's, it, it's so kind of – not necessarily over the top, but it's they're, they're very, very active in the, the female commentator. It, it's – it, it gets a little comical, but it, it just it adds to the to the ambiance and the whole atmosphere of the whole thing. So I'm all for it, even though I can't understand what the fuck they're saying. I enjoy the Japanese commentary. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah. it's it is. It's like having three Mauro Ronaldos sitting inside oh, of the commentary booth. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, before we start talking about matches, we we do have a vignette that we have to talk about. We mm. have to talk about the Grandmaster. Because when I saw the vignette for the Grandmaster, I thought I was watching an awful 70s B-movie there for a second. Um, <laughs> now, all speculation is this is a young lion returning from excursion. Um, mm. Kawato. I, I don't know. if it, Were you watching when Kawato was around? Don't believe so. The name sounds kind of familiar, but uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Kawato went and he's done his excursion down at CMLL, had a very nice run down there. Um, actually, when Shingo was introduced as the latest member of Los Ingobernables, I kind of thought that it might be Kawato because like, down in Mexico, he's got like, you know, bright green hair and was looking rather ungovernable. And I know him and Hiromu are close, but yeah. it sounds like the Grand Master. What did you think of this vignette? Does this kid stand a chance? Because I thought this vignette was just... Super cheesy. I like New Japan vignettes, but this one was just—it was too much, man. Hey, man, I, I I like the the B horror kind of seventies type thing. I mean, that, that, dude, that's um, B horror movies. So that's right up my alley, dude. I I thought this was pretty good. And he kind of looks like Reptile from Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, man. And uh, you know what? You had mentioned uh, Shingo Takagi. Uh, he's somebody I'm looking forward to. You know, I had mentioned on, on Turnbuckle Talk this week with Carl, uh, somebody that I'm looking forward to. And, and, and anybody new to New Japan Pro Wrestling that's going to be watching this for the first time, Shingo's a guy that you want to keep your eye on. He, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a fairly big dude, but he is he moves quickly, and uh, he's lots of energy in the ring. Uh, like He is entertaining as hell to watch. He's a guy that I got my eye on for this tournament. You know what's funny is you, you say that he, he's big as hell, he was actually a junior, like just a little over a year ago. And <laughs> it's just, yeah. Even when he was in the best of super juniors, I'm like, there is no freaking way Shingo Takagi is a junior heavyweight. There's no way. No way. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Shingo's fantastic. The Grandmaster coming soon. Yeah. I he'll be a junior too. I I the matches with him and Hiromu, that'll be wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll talk about Hiromu some more here in just a little bit. Uh, Joe, we got to start off with the Together Project special. Monday, it was the grand return of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We saw the opening scene with Tanahashi basically leading the stars group out. Anybody who was unaffiliated with a faction come out with Tanahashi. Tanahashi grabs a microphone, and I'm just thinking, oh, my God. I told people that this shit didn't happen in New Japan Pro Wrestling, that it's not just a guy with a microphone standing in the ring talking for 10 minutes. And Tanahashi goes, (gasps) He almost looked like out of place. It was weird. You know, I always said that Tanahashi is the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was wrong. He's the Ric Flair, man, because every time I see Tanahashi talk, I just expect waterworks at this point. Yeah, it, it was like almost like he was nervous. It, it was uh, it was kind of a, an interesting, string, yeah, weird kind of moment for for guy of Tana's uh, prestige and level for him to be nervous in front of no people. Yeah, <laughs> I thought right. it was uh, it was a, it was a little it was a little odd, but it it, uh, it felt genuine. How much of this is like as a musician? I've always said like let, let's talk about Nirvana for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Nirvana did MTV Unplugged. They brought in Pat Smear because Kurt wasn't afraid that without distortion, he wouldn't be able to remember both the chords to the song and the words to the song. He wanted an actual guitar player on hand because he couldn't hide behind distortion. For pro wrestling, is that the audience? Like They, they can't hide behind the audience reaction? I, I had to think twice about that because I kind of misheard you the first time. I thought you said that Nirvana had a pap smear. Um, so No, they, pat no. smear. From the germs, <laughs> but did, uh, did, did, did like seventies like L.A. punk rock not make it to Canada? Is that what's going on here? I don't know, man. But um, yeah, it, it it did feel a little bit out of place. But I mean, that moment still. I mean, um, I mean Nirvana. I mean, for somebody for people our age. I mean, they were musically wise. They were there were some you know, some significance. They came along when music was kind of getting kind of bad, and you know they they brought some. Uh, some relief at a moment and it was getting pretty dark. Yeah. So, yeah. But Kurt liked to hide behind the distortion. That's, that's really the point. Kurt, Kurt didn't like being a musician. He didn't like being famous. That that was uh, his issue. My favorite Kurt Cobain quote is live your life like a turtle. Hmm? Fuck you. I'm stuck in this tank and I'm not going to perform for you unless I want to. There you go. Love Kurt Cobain. Uh, So the together project special, these are the matches that they announced in the ring first night back. Yoda Suji defeats Gabriel Kidd via a Boston Crab in your typical Young Lion match to start things off. Desperado and Kane Amaro over Uamura and Ishii. Bullet Club team of Yujiro, Ishimori, Gato, and Jado 
defeat the Chaos team of Honma, Yoshihashi, Yano, and Goto. Taguchi, Kojima, and Tenzan over Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. Makabe, Nagata, Ibushi, and Tanahashi defeat the Suzuki-Gun team of Doki, Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taishi. And then in the main event, Los Ingobernobres de Japón. The team of Naito, Hiromu, and Shingo. The first time those guys have teamed together as a trios team. If they had trios titles, oh wait, they do. I, I could see those going to that LIJ team in the immediate future. Uh, Chaos, Rapungi, 3K, and Kazuchika Okada. Uh, Joe, this was just the first show back. Kind of like Huckleberry said on last week's show, this was almost like the NBA playing, you know, warm up games before they get ready for the playoffs. What did you think of the Together Project special? I enjoyed it, man. It, it was a uh, kind of uh, was like, for me, like I felt kind of like dipping my my feet back in the pool, and, and it was just nice to, like I said at the top here, it was just nice to watch some professional wrestling without any of the bullshit surrounding it. Um, you know, we had talked um, the year before, or after, and it just it was like. You were telling me, I was like, you don't even notice that the crowd's not there. And I, I, I totally agree with you on that. They, they just the, the way that they shot that, it, it just, it felt, it just, dude, it just, like, it just felt like a breath of fresh air after all of this uh, WWE and AEW garbage I've been forced to, uh, to sift through. You know, and it, what's funny is I watched this live Sunday night, Monday morning. And so I was coming off of Backlash. I had just finished watching the greatest wrestling match ever between Randy Orton and Edge. And then the first match that I see for New Japan Pro Wrestling back is Yoda Suji versus Gabriel Kidd in a Young Lions match. And I was like, damn, this might be the greatest wrestling match ever because, you know, it was way better than Orton and Edge. <laughs> oh, man, nothing against Orton and Edge, but I still haven't watched uh, that, that show. That, that, that was one that snuck up on me, and it was like, oh, Backlash is happening. Yeah, I'm not watching it. That's that's a good match. It's worth watching, but, you know, it's also 45 minutes, and it was clearly shot cinematically, so it probably took like seven hours to shoot 45 minutes. I'm not going to subject myself to that punishment. I'm not doing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just uh, these tag team matches typically – Again, coming from that WWE kind of perspective, these six-man and eight-man tag matches, I typically hate them, man. I hate them. But in the New Japan context, I just it's I'm I'm cool with it because I know that they're gonna that they're actually gonna work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And every once in a while, you get an important story, like in that second match with Desperado and Kanemaru against Uemura and Ishii. Desperado and Kanemaru start going after Tomohiro Ishii's knees. And we, we, you and I actually talked about it night one. It was like as soon as the bell rang, I was like, all right, let's see how long it takes Desperado to go after Ishii's knee. They start putting these storylines into place during these undercard tag matches, which is why when it comes like G1 season, everybody's like, oh, don't watch the undercard matches. And it's like, yeah, but if you really want the full story, you kind of got to watch the undercard matches, too. And they're consistent with it, and it involves a lot of in-ring storytelling, which is uh, what I'm a, a big fan of. Other than, you know, and then we have on the flip side, you know, we have people who have had drinking issues, and we have them doing DUI segments and throwing beakers of piss at each other. I, I hate to bring it up again, but this is where I'm coming from, To new, back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where, yeah, I can actually sit down and enjoy these shows. I thought the biggest thing that happened on the Together Project show was the closing angle, I guess if you want to call it an angle, 
Shingo Takagi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Tetsuya Naito stand victorious at the end of the night over the Chaos team of Rapungi 3K and Kazushka Okada. Naito finally gets to go through his whole spiel, introduces all of Los Ingobernables de Japan, raises the fist. Hiromu freaks out, says that he's going to take both belts from Tetsuya Naito, walks out, and then he comes back in for the fist bump. And Shingo's finally just like, you know what? Fuck this. I've had enough of this shit. And Shingo just walks off without the fist bump. Yeah. I, I If I'm Tetsuya Naito, I really don't want Shingo Takagi to win this tournament. I just, I really don't. No. Uh, be hell of a match, though. Hell of a match. I look forward to it when it happens. I mean, it's yeah. inevitable. It's going to happen, but... Yeah, it sounds like it's, uh, they could be setting it up. Yeah, it's uh, you, you have multiple. Uh, you get some intrigue happening there. I, I dig it. I dig it. What do you make of Tetsuya and Naito? Um, this was the first time seeing a lot of these guys back, and there were some of these guys where it was just like, "Damn, dude, hit the gym like crazy during this quarantine." Talking like the the Rapungi three K guys. My God, show. Yeah. If show keeps this up, he's not going to be a junior heavyweight for very damn long. And then there were other guys like, you know, Honma that came walking out and I was just like, damn, dude, like you've just been eating the ramen, right? (laughs) Too many cheeseburgers. Yeah. Um, What did you think of Naito? Because Naito looks pretty much the same, but like he's pulling off reverse Destinos and shit. Like all of a sudden his knees look like they just had about five years taken off of him. Yeah, it, it seems like some of these guys are trying to make up for lost time. Um, you know, they've had some pent up energy and they want to take it out on that ring. But uh, I mean, uh, Naito is good enough that he can. Uh, I think uh, he can sneak by with uh, the occasional, uh, you know, slip up. So the preseason games have come to their conclusion, and it's finally time to talk about pro wrestling that matters: New Japan Cup Night One and Night Two. Um, one thing that they're doing on these shows that I'm really, really liking show is it's just the four cup matches and then a special like feature eight man tag match. So you can get through these entire shows in like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, without having to sit uh, through the commercial breaks, you know, when it comes to North American wrestling, it's just I could just sit down and enjoy the wrestling content. You know, you get your your tournament matches, you get that little break match. You know, if if you want to watch it, if not, then, you know, it's kind of really up to you. Um, yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoy it. Rather than running through all the results, we'll actually take these match by match. Togi Makabe defeats Yoda Suji. Shout out to Carl, who <laughs> actually picked Yoda Suji to win this entire tournament. I was like, Yoda Suji's going to beat Carl. Kota Ibushi. Really, Carl? <laughs> really? Oh. You know, you know. Sometimes you, you just just leave the New Japan to the experts. Just Yoda Suji to win the New Japan Cup. Oh. Love you, Carl. I'm- I remember when we were recording, I was going to bust his balls on that, but uh, you know, I, I've known the guy 30-plus years, so I had to go easy on him. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Right. Yep. Yep. Makabe defeats Yota Suji in 8 minutes and 41 seconds via a German suplex. I, and, Joe, this is how I rate all Young Lion matches, all right? At any point during the 8 minutes and 41 seconds of watching this match, did you actually think that Carl might be right and Yota Suji was going to defeat Togi Makabe? And so so for me, when it comes to a Young Lions match, it's not like, you know, oh, it was three and a half stars. No, it's pass or fail. And it, yeah. if you pass, it's you made me believe for one second 
that the young lion was going to win. Yep. And by that, that's by no means a fail. I mean, you were convincingly the, the, the loser. I mean, it's, that's kind of how professional wrestling works. I mean, if you can convincingly lose like that and do it well, Hey, <laughs> no, that's not really a bad thing. I never thought Yota Suji was going to lose to Togi Makabe. Not for eight minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. Yota Suji, but, but no. Yeah. It's not his time just yet, Carl. Not yet. Maybe yeah. in like, you know, seven or eight years. You may get there. And we talked about that, too. And that's something, too, that I'd like to bring up on this program, too, especially if there's new people to New Japan Pro Wrestling that are maybe watching this for the first time. With the whole Young Lion thing, it's... I love that approach because it's essentially you start off and you have to earn your stripes. You have to pay your dues and earn your character in wrestling. And that's something that they do that just it feels very traditional and it feels very unique to this company. Well, it, like we were talking with Kawato returning from excursion, he's yep. been gone for two years. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, go find yourself in Mexico for two years, kid. <laughs> you know? Comes back, yeah. and sometimes he has a good attitude, and sometimes he does not. Yes, sometimes not, yep. yeah. Sometimes he's Tetsuya Naito. Or sometimes <laughs> he's these other two guys. Yano mm. defeats Jado <laughs> in nine minutes and seven seconds. Mercifully, nine minutes and seven seconds. It was at least, you know, like seven minutes and seven seconds too long. Um, I thought that they gave Giotto way too much offense. Uh, this was Giotto's first singles match on record since 2016. Wow. So it's been, geez, it's been a while. Well, and, uh. and, and that was probably the last time that Giotto could move because Giotto cannot move at this point. I, it's no big secret how I feel about fucking Yano. Hashtag fucking Yano. Um, <laughs> But Yano gave Jado way too much in this match, especially for all that just end in a schoolboy. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a tough one for me. Like you know me, Jergo, I, I I can appreciate a little bit of uh, comedy, a little bit of slapstick, and a little bit of uh, you know comedy shtick in, in professional wrestling. But uh, yeah, I agree with you that uh, this this could have been a bit of a briefer uh, exchange, especially you know like you said, given uh, Jado's not really been doing a whole lot. It, I would have said that I would prefer to squash match, but yeah, he got a little too much in there. I definitely agree with you on that. Well, and the other problem is I, I don't necessarily mind comedy on a wrestling show, mm -hmm. but on a wrestling show with no fans to laugh at said comedy, it just comes off as stupidity. It does. I would agree with you on that. Now we, we did, I think we, we skipped the, the Ishii and El Desperado match. Well, that was the main event of the show. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll get to that one. Yeah. Then we have your eight-man clusterfuck tag. 13 minutes and 27 seconds. Uemura, Nagata, Ibushi, and Tanahashi lose to Kanemaru, Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. Um, I had proposed last week when uh, Huckleberry and I were talking that I could see if Zack Sabre Jr. beats Kota Ibushi, and then he goes on, and he beats Hiroshi Tanahashi, that regardless how the rest of the tournament would go, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to want a tag team championship match at Dominion. Um, and, and I very much think that that's where it's going to go, but I had thought that it would be Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki, but it's looking to me like it's going to be Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Interesting. I don't know if I 
he like that or not. Um, I, I just I think uh, Zach and uh, Suzuki are just fantastic together. I agree. Um, it, it almost feels like a, like a teacher um, student kind of relationship that they have going there. Tai Chi, uh, he's somebody I've. I'm I'm starting to maybe come around a little bit, but he's somebody I don't know if, I don't know if it's the the character that's throwing me off with him, but I've never been a Tai Chi fan. Speaking of guys who did not see the gym on the inside of the quarantine, uh, Tai he's Chi got a bit of, on the list. Yeah, he's got a bit of a booty belly going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking a little thick. Um, you know, I, I and we didn't get to see Abe Miho. So I I was really disappointed with that. Yeah, t- yeah Tai Chi to me is like Japanese Miz. Like he just pisses me off. <laughs> I agree. I'd agree. Yeah. You know, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Sometimes in a bad way. Uh, your your co-main event of the evening, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Tomaki Honma in 18 minutes and 45 seconds. Honma was trying to grab his breath about 45 seconds into this match and somehow goes 18 minutes and 45 seconds with Hiromu Takahashi. Um, I, I thought this match was fantastic. I love <laughs> I love watching Hiromu work with heavyweights that like Hiromu thinks that he can like shoulder block and they should go down and they just don't and that bothers him so much. I think we all thought that Hiromu was gonna win this match, but did the match actually live up to the potential that it had? I, I enjoyed the hell out of this match, man. I, keep in mind, I was literally watching this after work on the bus while chatting with you at the same time. And uh, this was fantastic. Um, that, there were a couple times where Hama was going for that that kind of uh, standing diving. The Kokashi. Yeah, and I, I thought there were some like I think it was just the sound and the lack of fans, but dude, I said a couple times like where like his head whacked off that mat sometimes, man. Like just a, it was uh, it, it was fantastic. I enjoyed the hell of this. You know, my problem is Honma is gonna be one of those guys that like if you're going to examine a pro wrestler's brain for CTE, can we can we can we start with Honma with the number of freaking diving headbutts that guy misses? Yeah, man. Like, and she's uh, even the one off the the top there, and yeah, yeah. Home, home, mania, running wild, right? And then we even had Hiromu do a Kokushi during this <laughs> match. I popped pretty good when I saw that. That was good too. Hiromu is just, I, I think, when you look at the best professional wrestlers in the world, Hiromu's the guy that belongs on that list. That people are just like, oh, that guy's crazy, and it's like, yeah, but he's also really good, and he can do comedy, and or he can be serious, and. I, th- I think yeah. Hiromu is just going to be a huge star as long as, you know, he doesn't break his freaking neck again. Or doesn't get lured away by those three letters that you know what I'm talking about. I, I just, Hiromu is, and we're going to talk about this when we talk about the second round. Hiromu is one of those guys who came up through that young lion system. And typically yeah. when you see the, those guys, the guys that actually put in the time, go through the entire system, go on excursion, return from excursion, get rocketed to the moon. Those guys tend to be pretty loyal to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I would, I would hope so. He's somebody that I just I wouldn't want to see go oh, over to, because I, I think it would just be – it would be like Kushida again, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Talk, right? Talk exactly. About just major disappointments. I, exactly. What what NXT is not doing with Kushida is just one of those head scratchers. I don't I don't understand. Yep. Uh, Side parts I saw it coming. Yeah. Same. 
Uh, let's talk about your first big main event with the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I can't believe I'm going to say that El Desperado was involved in the main event of a New Japan show, but he was. And he took on Tomohiro Ishii. And El Desperado belonged in this main event. Like, this was by far the best match on the entire show. It goes 20 minutes and 17 seconds before Ishii can finally put down El Desperado. This was freaking awesome. Yep, I've been a huge fan of uh, of Ishii. I love that style of the look. I mean, just the the guy. I don't know. It's hard to put into words. Uh, he's he's obviously a bit of getting a bit to be a bit of an older guy now. But I mean, damn, just like it, it's it, it's something that you just you don't see over North American wrestling. A guy like him, and it just it, it's it, it, at least it done well because um, there's no hokiness or any kind of stupidity tied to it. Just a, it, it, he's just a he's a kind of a shortish kind of pit bull guy in there and just he's entertaining to watch and it always feels like a fight yes you that's know, what and I love about Ishii and you had mentioned in the Together Project special when they, they set up you know with the, the knee thing and then they kept consistent with, with that and actually had Despy kind of actually going after the knees I, I popped for that I'm like wow somebody, like we have consistent kind of information and storytelling happening inside of a wrestling ring <laughs> who would have thought Who'd have thought? Well, and especially if you're going to have a junior look legitimate against mm-hmm. a guy like Tomohiro Ishii, you got to get him on his back. I mean, that's the, you got to take out that solid base. I mean, it just it makes logical sense inside of the booking that that's the story that they would tell. And I'm not I I expect that when Ishii finally loses in this tournament, it's going to be because of that knee. Yep. And uh, I, I was honest. I was actually surprised that Desperado didn't get the win here. I, I was uh, I was full on expecting that because uh, you had mentioned it, and I kind of picked up on it too. That it seemed like the New Japan Pro Wrestling seems to be pretty up on him. So maybe they're saving him for something um, bigger and brighter. This is true, but there's also one thing that New Japan Pro Wrestling does believe in. That's a real battle inside of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Juniors should not be heavyweights. It should be a very, very rare exception when a junior beats a heavyweight. Well, and they're considering Desperado a junior, eh? Still? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I wow. expect at some point this year we're going to see Despy actually hold that junior title. Probably would have happened last year yeah. if he wouldn't have had his freaking jaw broken. Interesting. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think he's convincing uh, as somebody who's outside of that junior heavyweight division at this point. The problem is there's so many of their juniors that are in the upper end of the spectrum Yeah, that, it, 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 number one, they dominate those in the lower end of the spectrum, but it also kind of shrinks those divisions, especially now with the never open weight division, which is kind of supposed to be that blend. That's probably where Desperado really should be is in that never division. I would definitely agree with that. Let's talk night two. Another young lion comes out and another young lion loses as Taija Ishimori puts down Gabriel Kidd, eight minutes and 53 seconds. You know, but Gabriel Kidd, I've seen him wrestle twice in three days and his stock is at least twice as high as it was coming into this thing. Number one, who even knew that Gabriel Kidd was in Japan? And number two, I want to see him stick around because for a young lion, he's really freaking good. Yep, and, and um, props to New Japan for putting him in this tournament, even though he exited very, very early. 
Um, did even be with the guy in there like yeah, Ishimori? I mean, it raises his stock uh, even in a loss. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to, uh, to kind of see more from this guy. These young lions um, are, are better than I had figured. It, like I said, it, it's kind of been a while since I've had a chance to sick my teeth into some New Japan Pro Wrestling. So um, this kind of stuff, it's, uh, it, just, it's, it adds one more flavor to, uh, to this whole thing. When I say that juniors typically beat heavyweights, there are exceptions, and one of those exceptions is when the heavyweight is a young lion, as we saw with Gabriel Kidd. We also saw it in the second match as Kanemaru takes off Uamura, 9 minutes and 32 seconds with a deep impact. But Joe, when we talk about the pass-fail, this one passed. They actually had me thinking that Uamura could beat Kanemaru. Mm -hmm. I was buying into some of those near falls. Yep, and uh, that's the, that the, and that's that's that, that's fantastic. That's the way it should be. That, that there's so many times, and I will say probably even more so than um, uh, maybe not so much in WWE, with AEW. I think that they they're really really guilty of it, where we see those near falls, and I go, well, I I knew that there was no he was they were going to kick out. There's the believability factor is gone when you do it to death. Yep, absolutely. So your eight man clusterfuck match of the night chaos, the team of Rapungi 3K, Yoshihashi and Roman Reigns. I mean, Hiroki Goto defeat the <laughs> Los and Gobernables team of Bushi, Shingo, Sonata and evil in 12 minutes and 16 seconds. And then we got to the holy shit moment of the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yuji Nagata defeats Minoru Suzuki in 20 minutes and 35 seconds of unadulterated, pure hatred, 17-year rivalry violence. Just absolute downright violence. On Minoru Suzuki's 52nd birthday, Yuji Nagata got him a present, and it was a fist to the face. These two yep. guys just went out and beat the ever-loving shit out of one another, and I loved it. This is this is something you just you don't see um, in your typical uh, people who are outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is it was fantastic. Um, you know, with, with the the lack of audience, you you really got to hear that that sinister kind of laugh from Suzuki. There, he was just like, yeah, it's like you can tell this guy's just a glutton for punishment. My God, some of those kicks when Suzuki oh, was man. just sitting there and Nagata's just hauling off and kicking Suzuki right square in the chest. Suzuki's yeah, sitting there laughing at him. My God, <laughs> it was terrifying. Oh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, uh, Suzuki, he's a national treasure, that guy. I, I enjoy, you know, even even in, in a loss, I, I, I get a lot of entertainment out of him. It's absolutely fantastic. Murdered Grandpa. Right? Now, a lot of people thought that this was an upset. And I, I will confess that before night two of the New Japan Cup, I had actually made up the graphic for this week's episode, and I had Minoru Suzuki in the graphic. And, Joe, we all should have known better. We all should have known better because this match was not about Yuji Nagata defeating Minoru Suzuki. No. This match was about who's going to lose to Okada next round. Right, right. And, and they actually protected Suzuki from having to take another loss to Okada, whereas Nagata can just take it. 
Yep. No, I agree with you. It makes sense in the bigger picture. Um, but I would agree that it, it still comes up as an upset at the same time. But yep, yeah, inside the booking itself, I mean, it, it does make sense. Absolutely. So after we have these these two guys with, you know, like 60 years of professional wrestling experience between the two of them go out and put on what is clearly the best wrestling match that I have seen in at least 110 days. Mm-hmm. Your main event of the evening is Kazuchika Okada versus that dirty, slimy bastard Gato, his former manager, the guy who turned his back on him a couple of years back to go and align with the Bullet Club to align with Switchblade Jay White. Switchblade Jay White is stuck in the United States. He can't get back into Japan. No. So finally, Okada is going to get his hands on Gato. 15 minutes and 30 seconds they are given, and I hated this match. I absolutely hated this match. They gave Gato way too much. Yeah, it was. It definitely felt odd. Uh, even just the setup at the beginning, I was uh, like him coming out injured, and then he had these, he had like a ranch and stuff kind of taped to his body. Like it just, it, uh, yeah, I don't know if maybe that they're, I don't know how to quite process this one. It, it, it was very, very different. <laughs> just kind of very different, especially inside of the tournaments. Like we talked about these young lion matches, right? Kanemaru and Uemura goes nine and a half minutes. Ishimori and Gabriel Kidd goes almost nine minutes. Makabe and Suji goes eight minutes and 41 seconds. They don't believe in squash matches, even when a squash match is appropriate. I yeah. felt like this should have been the other way around rather than Gato and pulling all of his tricks out and just, you know, so he can beat on Okada for 15 minutes before Okada's finally like, yeah, screw this. I'm going to hit a couple drop kicks and then I'm not even going to hit a rainmaker. I'm going to tap him out. I just, I didn't understand what, what was the point? Yeah. It, it should have just been, Okada getting some measure of vengeance on Gato. I mean, it didn't it didn't have to conclude things. But you just had you just have him go out there and just beat the piss out of him. Yeah, I just it, it felt really strange. Like maybe the um, the Booker was watching too much North American stuff. Well, the problem is Gato's the fucking Booker, <laughs> right? This is it, it. Just it felt kind of like they they were overthinking this one. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, it, I picked up on just so it was like they were trying to go entertainment. And like, especially dude, wrestle. Especially coming off of Suzuki and Nagata. It yeah, just totally jarring, right? Oh totally jarring, yeah. Like it, it, it didn't feel like I was watching something from the same show. No. No. Like 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 I could have watched this and thought maybe it was like a match from Impact or something. Nothing right? nothing against Impact, but Yeah, it was just it was weird. So let's talk a little bit about round two going down June 24th. It will be Makabe taking on Ishii in the battle of two big, strong men who are going to beat the ever-loving hell out of one another. And yep. then we have Toru Yano versus Hiromu Takahashi. Mm. Now, on the surface, you would think that this is going to be a comedy match. You would think that Hiromu is going to go out there and go very, very char character heavy and kind of play with Toru Yano. Yeah. That's not what's going to happen. This is going to be violent. Going back to when Hiromu was a young lion was before Toru Yano was a complete freaking joke. 
If you go back and you look at Yano from about, you know, five, six years ago, yeah. Yano looked like a Japanese Jeff Cobb. Like Yano has a legitimate like amateur wrestling background. And it's yep. just he lost his place on his card and completely reinvented himself as this, you know, YouTube host, producer, DVD salesman, Toru Yano. You know who's not going to care? Hiromu Takahashi. This is yep. going to be Hiromu going out for retribution for all the awful things that Yano did to Hiromu when he was a young lion. And there is a litany of things on that list. I think this could end up being a violent pro wrestling match. What I think it, it could start off, though, is Hiromu um, trying to kind of do a little bit of the, the comedy stuff at the beginning and then just wailing on him, like kind of sucker him in into a lull him into a false sense of security and then just go off on Yano. Yeah. I, I think Romu is going to really, really hurt Toru Yano. And I agree. I look I would, forward I am to that. All for it. I, I, I enjoy Yano as much as the next guy, but it is also fun to watch him uh, be beaten to a bloody pulp. My favorite Yano is bloody pulp Yano. Yes. <laughs> uh, June 24th, also the B region going down, Okada versus Nagata. You would think that these two guys have just fought to the moon and back, right? But that's not really the case. This will be only their second singles match in the last five years, which is kind of surprising to me. But that's just as Okada has risen, Nagata has really just kind of fallen back into the wayside and just does a lot of those legends matches. But Nagata's going to be coming out here with a chip on his shoulder to show that he's got one more go round in him. And then the Rainmaker's going to put him down, right? Like Okada's winning this match. Uh, you had mentioned on the last episode that quite a few of these first round matches were first time matchups, correct? Yep. Yeah, like 11 yep. of the first round matchups. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's very unique, uh, given that uh, you know they don't bring in a whole lot of outside kind of people into this company. That there were so many first time matchups, um, it's amazing what you can do when you uh, kind of mix things up, right? Yeah, when you actually protect people in the booking, go figure, yeah. right? But uh, but yeah, Nagata and Okada, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. That was an it's an interesting matchup, and um, you know, have two great guys, uh, guy with uh, definitely a lot more experience, and then you have Okada, who's uh, one of the best operators in the business. Then we have two juniors in the second round. So Okada is going to have a junior in his uh, bid to go into the semifinals as Kanemaru takes on Taija Ishimori. Uh, Joe, th these two guys, not a whole lot of history inside of New Japan pro wrestling, but going back to pro wrestling Noah, these guys were actually bloody rivals. They've actually had like 15 matches against one another. They know each other incredibly well. I had this circled going into the tournament and I expect that this match is just going to blow people away. Yeah, it's definitely what I'm looking forward to. And, and they should just shorten his name to Kanemaru because I cannot pronounce that first name. Yoshinobu? You should, yep, yeah, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. I'm Canadian, dude. I, I, I'm not good with Japanese names. Valid, valid. I expect <laughs> Ishimori is going to win this thing. And Ishimori versus Okada. I really? Like that. Ow. Okay. I wouldn't have called that. I would have said Kanemaru for sure. Really? I, I mean... Who's going to lose to Okada? That's really what's going on here. Who's going right. to lose to Okada? 
going to draw the short straw and lose to the Rainmaker. Is there any chance that he, that he gets upset? Uh, wow. Gets upset in this? Any well, chance? I I feel like it's if anybody is going to upset Okada before the finals anyway, it's going to have to be Hiromu in the semifinals. I don't see anybody stopping Okada from coming out of that B region. Yeah, I mean, that would be... That would be pretty mind blowing for that to happen. I mean, that would uh, be earth shattering almost. Yeah, it it would be. It would be. <laughs> it would absolutely turn Hiromu into a much bigger star inside of Japan if he can put down Okada. So yeah, let let's talk about uh, the other shows that we're going to see next week. Those are the shows going on on Wednesday, the twenty fourth. Monday is the Block of Death. Right. Hiroshi Tanahashi takes on Tai Chi, Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Taguchi versus Sonata, and Sho versus Shingo. I feel like there's legitimately like five guys in this block that could win the entire tournament. This is the one block that nobody really knows how to call. Yeah. Who do you got coming out of this thing, Joe? First off, I have a, I have a question uh, regarding a certain individual you had just mentioned, Sonata. What are they doing with him in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Um, I'm a little confused as to, I mean, you have a guy who is obviously as talented as that dude is. What are they doing with him? It's uh, typically, I, I don't get upset with the way New Japan does things, but I feel like this guy should be higher up on the card at this point. Okay, but here's the problem with Sonata. Number one, Sonata is not a New Japan dojo product. So mm. that already pushes him back a little bit. He was actually trained by Muda. Um, that should speak so something there. I mean, uh, Muda's uh, still somebody that's of recognition, right? Absolutely, but Muda and New Japan have had some ups and downs over the courses of the years. That's true. But when you look at Lij, when you look at Los Ingobernables, obviously Tetsuya Naito is number one. Yep. Number two, arguably, is Hiromu Takahashi. Mm-hmm. Number three. You have Shingo Takagi. Then you have Evil. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's Sonata. There's Sonata, yeah. He's like the fifth most interesting guy in his own faction. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 odd. It's definitely odd. A, a couple of years ago during the G1, Hiroshi Tanahashi was start, talking about starting his own faction. And it was mm-hmm. going to be like a faction of light. And then nothing came out of it. Yeah. If Tanahashi were to start his faction of light, Sonata is the first person that I'm putting into it. I feel mm-hmm. like Sonata needs to get the hell out of LIJ. Yeah. It, no, I, I would definitely agree with you. If they want him in that main event tier. Yeah. So you had mentioned that the ones that kind of stand out to me there. Are the the first one that leaps throughout the page to me is Kota Bushi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Uh, that's one that just when I first saw this bracket, it was one that I literally circled. And I was like, damn, can't wait for that one. And then um, Sho and Shingo. That's going to be – I'm going to thoroughly enjoy that one. Like I had mentioned uh, earlier on, uh, Shingo is a guy that um, – it, it's hard to describe. You just have to watch him. He is – He's he's excellent, uh, but I mean all these matchups are good. He, even uh, uh, Taguchi and Sonata is is going to be good. Uh, Hiro, um, the one with uh, Hiroshi and Tai Chi, um, that's kind of my opinion, kind of the weak one there, just because I'm just not much of, uh, of a Tai Chi guy. The match is not official until Tai Chi takes off his pants. Yeah, that's the most interesting thing about Tai Chi. 
That's the most interesting thing. Yeah, it's kind of like all that whole family of the opera gimmick he kind of has going there. Mihalabe or we riot. Yes. And we're freaking Americans. We will do it. Yes, we will. <laughs> if we have a reason to riot, we will do it. You, then, you're, a, you're Canadian. I was, I was just going to say, and then very gradually after you guys riot, then we might consider possibly thinking about the possibility of, of maybe rioting. Fucking Canada. Fucking Canada. <laughs> Come on. You love Canada. You know you do. Let's talk about Tuesday's matches. Tenzan versus Yoshihashi. Yo versus Bushi, Kojima versus Evil, and Hiroki Goto takes on the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi. Those yes. two guys have fought like freaking cats and dogs, too. They've had like, you know, 12 singles matches, and Goto's like 11 and 1 because yep. it's fucking Goto. This is the Goto block, right? Goto's going to win this block. Well, if, if you listen to Turnbuckle Talk from uh, this past week, uh, you would have heard that I actually, um, this is kind of my, my wacky pick of the whole tournament, is I actually have Yo coming out of this uh, bracket, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I, I did hear that, and I, I was giving you a chance to backtrack and not, you know, say that in public, but, you know, you went, you went and you did it anyway. I, I, I would not be opposed to Yo winning this tournament. Um, in, in fact, I expect Yo is going to beat Bushi. I expect Yoshihashi to beat Tenzan. And when you get into Yo versus Yoshihashi, I could see Yo winning that. But then right. e when you have either Evil, Kojima, or Goto, I don't like Yo versus any one of those three guys. True. Yeah. That, that, that is a very, very good point. <laughs> I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm optimistic that I'm optimistic that he'll be the 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 one that kind of sneaks in there. Even if I'd like to see him at least get to the semis, and then uh, I think that that raises his stock even higher. I'm terrified that Goto is going to win this tournament. The whole tournament, really? I'm terrified, Goto. man. It, it it's Roman Reigns thing. Like it's the return of New Japan. Let's just put Goto in the main event, and then Goto can go out at Dominion and lose to Naito, and we just continue on about our way, like. Why do they seem so high on him? Like, I don't I, know. I don't I've know. Him, I've watched him a few times. And I mean, uh, he's not bad by any means. He's just Goto. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not seeing what they're seeing, I guess. I have been saying this for years at this point. He's the Roman <laughs> Reigns of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I and, and it's just like, you know, once a year, they like push Goto into the main event and the fans are like, fuck Goto. And then he falls back down the card a little bit. And then a year later, they're like, oh, wait, maybe we can get Goto. And fuck Goto. And then he goes back down a little bit and then he comes. It's like, I, stop. Just stop it. <laughs> Damn it, Vince. Quit pushing Roman Reigns. I mean, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. oh, man, it's a failed experiment. It is a failed experiment. I would definitely agree on that one. Joe, thank you very much for joining me to review the Together Project Night 1 and Night 2 New Japan Cup. Why don't you uh, go ahead, plug your Twitter and, and your, your show and all, all, all your... Oh, Jesus, you got so many plugs at this point. You're like It's like you're trying to catch up to me at this point. Doing quite a bit these days, man. Um, when it comes to social media, uh, Twitter, uh, I'm not even going to bother. I don't even bother with Twitter. I don't bother with Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Just look... Uh, for me, for uh, the guy with the um, the half-assed uh, facial hair looking at the microphone picture with uh, Joe Morin, and that's uh, that's me on Facebook. At um, Antisocial Canadian. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't know, just uh, social media in general, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I have a love-hate relationship with it uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, when it comes to what I do, I mean, of course, I'm best known for being one half of Turnbuckle Talk. Um, that comes out every Tuesday. But now, of course, we uh, do a video version on Monday, so you can kind of uh, get your fix um, one day early if you, if you so desire. Uh, briefly on that, since we started doing that, I mean, we saw a significant spike in the number of people that seem to prefer the video version. So that's been absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I also appear on uh, local North, Northern Ontario television on a regular basis so on, on the Andy Martin show. You can see all that stuff on my Facebook page as well. You can check all that out. Uh, just recently, I started doing some production work over in the Hami Media Group with a, a new show called Cage Theory. Uh, that's their... Um, their MMA show that I just started doing, I actually just uh, sent out that first episode uh, this actually this morning. And... I kind of appear uh, kind of all over the place as well on uh, on this show. And, um, yeah, I, I have a lot going on these days. I was kind of hoping to be less busy, and then it all seems like out of, out of nowhere I started getting more busy. Yeah. That's how <laughs> it works, man. That's how yep. it works. That's how it works. But that's kind of what I'm up to. Very cool. Thanks for joining me. That puts a bow on this episode of Destino. Thanks to Joe Morin for joining me this week. Next week, we welcome in John Enright to the show to wrap up round one and the start of round two. We'll also have the return of stardom this Sunday to talk about. Welcome back, New Japan. Thanks to our friends over at Hami Media, the HTM Podcast Network, NDPW.com. Last word on pro wrestling as well as thegorillaposition.com. Thank you for listening, and if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button to the feed and hook us up with one of those five-star ratings. It actually helps us out in the algorithm. Find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Find the show at DestinoPod online at DestinoPod.com. Enjoy the rest of round one starting Monday, and we'll talk to you next week back here on Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast.